Welcome to this week's Open View podcast, where you can hear this week's news on the wheat, malting barley, oilseed rape and pulses markets, and also find out their latest prices. Starting with wheat, this week's headlines, we have highlights of the USDA, there's a US data dump and Putin's meeting with Xi Jinping and Erdogan this week. Another USDA report is safely behind us, with the biggest surprise being the reduction in the US soybean yield. They also reduced the US maize yield in line with market expectations, but partly offset the lower crop with reductions in ethanol, feed usage and exports. A 1 million acre reduction in US maize acreage was also reported. Further cuts to yield in future reports are expected, making their ending stocks historically tight. The EU maize crop was reduced by 1.2 million metric tonnes, which is still 5 to 8 million metric tonnes too high, and left imports unchanged at 19 million metric tonnes, which is 4 to 5 million tonnes too low. The EU balance sheet on milling wheat and feed grains is tight, and the market's job is to slow wheat exports, which are running 15% above last year, which annualised would mean 36 million metric tonnes. The USDA says 33.5. They inexplicably left Indian production unchanged, with exports of 6.5 million metric tonnes, despite their export ban on wheat and last week's 20% duty on rice exports. Flooding in Pakistan will also necessitate significant imports, which are not yet factored in. They increased Russian and Ukrainian wheat production by 4 million metric tonnes combined, but left their exports unchanged, which is logical as their current rhythm falls well short of what is required. Today, the USDA will release four weeks of export data following the breakdown of their new reporting system. The trade will be looking for signs that demand has increased under the radar during the period, although daily sales in excess of 100k have still been reported during the absence of weekly data. A steady diet of macroeconomic news saw the European Central Bank raise interest rates to 0.75%, with the US Federal Reserve expected to follow suit at their next meeting, which continues to fuel talk of recession and demand destruction. Meetings planned this week between Putin, Xi Jinping and Erdogan to discuss, amongst other things, the unfair grain corridor and the situation in Taiwan will give the news agencies plenty to report and will influence market direction one way or another, depending on the narrative. This week's malting barley headlines. Well, there's an exportable surplus. Brewers and maltsters are reluctant to buy and we have a high malting barley premium. We've just loaded our first 5,500 metric tonne malting barley boat for this year at Sharpness. With a UK exportable surplus of 750,000 metric tonnes, we have a long way to go to get rid of our surplus. Malting barley values are unchanged, irrespective of movements in wheat futures. Brewers and maltsters are reluctant to buy any more barley until the January to June positions. The malting barley premium of circa £30 per tonne post-Christmas still represents very good physical prices and apart from the crazy early war period, these are historically high prices. As we start some large malting barley movements to boats in October, it is important that growers keep their barley cool and well-conditioned and regularly make inspections to check and prevent bug contamination. On to oilseed rape with details of Monday's USDA report, US soybeans driving the market and Argentina sold 15.2% of their soybean crop in seven days. 
The monthly USDA supply and demand report was released on Monday the 12th of September, lowering domestic crop estimates for soybeans as the hot and dry weather during August cut into the harvest potential. The report lowered soybean yield, harvested acres, production and carryout. The revised US production estimate is now 4,378 million bushels, 118 million bushels below the average trade guess and 153 below the August estimate. Now the US is no longer going to produce a record crop. The focus is on South American production and Chinese demand. The USDA report caused Chicago soybeans to soar, trading near the strongest since the end of June, and rival oils tracked the gains. However, following this surge on Monday, soybean futures have fallen on technical selling and profit-taking. There are also concerns about the export demand for US supplies, with pressure coming from strong competition on the global market, particularly Argentina. Argentine farmers have continued to concentrate on selling beans following reported confirmation that the period of soy peso will not be extended beyond September. The government implemented a more favourable exchange rate for exports, allowing soy farmers to convert their earnings to local currency at 200 pesos per dollar, far higher than the official rate of 140. The Rosario Grains Exchange reported Argentine farmers to have sold 15.2% of the country's 44 million tonne 21-22 soybean crop in the seven days since. Canadian canola jumped nearly 4% on Monday, boosted by the surge in Chicago soybean prices after the USDA report. The Canadian canola crop is reportedly smaller than the industry and federal government expected, a government report showed on Wednesday. Farmers will harvest 19.1 million tonnes of canola, up 39% from last year, but down from StatsCan's August estimate of 19.5 million. The trade expected 19.9 million tonnes on average in a Reuters survey before the report. Matif rapeseed followed soybeans higher on Monday, but has also followed the sharp losses since to its lowest intraday close since mid-January. Domestic rapeseed has followed Matif. There's still a good demand, but little is trading as sellers seem to be holding on for better days. And finally, the Grain and Pulses price indicator, starting with feed wheat for September at £260, November 263. Feed barley for September 240, November 243. And oilseed rape for September 585 to 595, November 490 to 500. Thanks for listening. To find out more or to get our OpenView email, please speak to your regular Openfield contact or email us at communications at openfield.co.uk.